Welcome to Close It Now, an HVAC sales training podcast with Sam Wakefield. Here, we'll build your reputation in residential HVAC sales to be the expert influencer in your market. You'll get insight into the top minds in the industry as they share their skills and hacks to help you on your journey. This podcast isn't just about selling more. It's about understanding your customers' needs and building efficiencies behind the scenes so you can sell more but work less while being top of mind when people think HVAC. Now, let's get started with your host of the Close It Now podcast. This is Sam Wakefield. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Close It Now sales training podcast. Now, I am so excited to have my special guest today, Mr. Gene Slade. He is with Lead Ninja and just so many things. Uh, he's been around for a long time in the industry. Um, I don't know if you know this, but he is uh, definitely one of the, the sales training pioneers in, uh, in HVAC and has been around for a while. I love this testimony uh, from Joseph. I want to read to you real quick. It says, I hit my last year to date sales in six months because of what I've learned from Gene Slade. The stuff works. It isn't just blowing smoke. If you implement what is taught, you'll get results. And that uh, I love that testimony. It ties into what we say all the time on this podcast, which is success happens at the speed of implementation. It doesn't matter how much you know, but if you don't use it, that's just knowledge on ice. And so super excited to have you with us today, Gene. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a while. It's a couple of years since, we, uh, since we've done this. Uh, so fill us in, man. How you been? What's uh, happening in Gene Slade's life? And uh, tell us a little bit of, about what's going on. Man, we're doing a lot more of the same, just at a higher level, right? We, we've been doing a lot of training uh, all over the country. We've been doing on-sites. Uh, but our main thing, uh, main two things that we've been doing is this mastermind that happens twice a week. It's a paid mastermind. We've got mm -hmm. free ones too, right? But we've got this paid mastermind for salespeople. And then we've also got one for, uh, called the Profit Coach Mastermind for business owners. And it's an owner's only thing that are anywhere between zero to $5 million. What we think is that like, there's not a whole lot of attention given to that group. Mm -hmm. And so a partner of mine, Don Johnson, and I recently started the Profit Coach Mastermind on Facebook. And we like give the first 30 days away for free so that people can see what we're really about. Mm -hmm. And we've found that if we help people at free first, usually it becomes transactional later, right? Mm -hmm. we, we usually end up getting paid to take care of them later. So, And then we uh, have also, over the last year and a half or so, started doing these events where we actually rent out these big mansions uh, somewhere in the country. And Orlando mm -hmm. seems to be a great place for that, Sam. Uh, <laughs> sure. There's an area called Reunion there. And they've got like three championship golf courses and Disney's like right down the street. So we got this place called Grand Halla and it's 16,000 square feet. We'll be there at the end of the month on the 31st of uh, March. And we'll probably have 20 to 25 people there. Uh, we will stay on site at the mansion with everybody. And um, so we'll be okay. doing two days, two solid days worth of training in the theater there. And then afterwards, we'll just hang out and chat and talk. Mm -hmm. And there are relationships that get built there that are not between myself and the client, but between clients too. And sure. they end up helping each other out and becoming resources for each other. Mm -hmm. So this place is unlike anything uh, people have seen before, and uh, I'm even I've even got uh, a private chef that's going to be coming in for the days of the training, who is going to make us a beautiful spread so that we can fuel up before we start doing training. So love it. Um, these these events are unlike anything anybody else in the the sales you know space does, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of something that people tell us they really really like. So like that's it. really what we've been up to. Right on. And, so that's uh, I know March you've been of, uh, 2020. So if you're listening to this in March of 2023, uh, that is when that'll May. be. May. Uh, I'm sorry, March. May. <laughs> I'm a couple months behind in May, May of 2023. <laughs> it's you're coming right, up May quick, of man. 2023. It is quick. I people, will get people we'll get don't this have posted. a whole lot of time. Yeah. So reach out to Gene. Uh, the urgency is there for sure. If you happen to catch this episode after May of 2023, 
uh, reach out to him anyway, because these are events that uh, repeat periodically. Uh, yeah, about every quarter or so we get yeah. one of these big spaces and it's not cheap to do it, right? But mm -hmm. man, is it a, you know, the other reason, Sam, that, that we do these things, I have a friend of mine, a good close friend named Gary Cox. And Gary is a world famous mindset coach. He's also mm -hmm. been flying for 30 years. And Gary got me to do one of these beyond first class events. Have you heard of these? Uh, just a little bit from you, actually. So it's essentially where you get some of your clients and you jump on a private jet and we head down to either Key West or the Bahamas and we sit out over the crystal blue water and we, we train, we mastermind, mm -hmm. we, we help them with their businesses. Um, it's usually business owners that do that kind of thing. I mean, we get we get police escorts and Rolls Royces. And like it, It's a really cool thing, right? And Gary introduced me to this and he said, once you do this, it's going to be like you got bit by a bug. Like you're going to expect mm -hmm. more from yourself moving forward. And my gosh, if he wasn't right. And we've done like six trips now with Gary on mm -hmm. the private jet and just it takes your mind to a new space. And that's why I like to immerse people in these experiences where we mm -hmm. go to these mansions and we hang out because like, look, for a lot of the technicians that are there, even the owners that are there, they've never even considered that something like that was possible for them. Sure. Right. And if we can get them to just expand their mind and their expectations of themselves and their lives just a little bit, we can impact them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And money's great. I mean, I, I like money. I, I'm motivated by money, but it, it's not money's never really going to be fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not until you have a, a serious impact on somebody's life and it's changed forever and the and generational transformation happens mm -hmm. that you're like man that's what actually will get you up in the morning sure oh my gosh i i love it i 100 agree i mean money is just it's just paper it's what we can do with it the choices mm -hmm. we can make was it jim Rohn always said work to become a millionaire not for the million dollars but for the person you have to become to earn that million dollars because then you can lose Ooh. it and have it right back. And it so doesn't. I have a new mentor, Sam, and he, I, you know, he, he talks about everybody wants to 10 X this and 10 X that. And mm -hmm. he says, you've got a, you've got a 20 X yourself in order to 10 X your business. And I, it really didn't click for me at first, but like to break it down even further, if I'm not focusing on my personal growth, my business mm -hmm. can't expand. I've got to grow first mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. my businesses can expand. And he said something to me that I'd like everybody to just take into consideration. You've got goals, you've got dreams, you've got expectations out of your life, right? Who do you have to become in order for those mm -hmm. goals and dreams and visions to become a reality? Right. And I was like, <laughs> like it, it blew my mind. And I was like, well, for, like if I'm following somebody, first thing I need to do is um, start looking at my fitness, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I was 20 pounds heavier than I am now. I'm going to be 20 pounds lighter in six months than I am now too. Sure. But I figured, hell, I got to get my, I, I look at the the different speakers and stuff like that, that I follow. Um, it's clear and evident that they work out. They're not out there doing drugs and drinking all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like there, there's already kind of a model you know, you, you can, you can look out there and see what mm -hmm. are these people doing that are successful. And so I've been working and I'm, I started working on myself again. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I kind of clues. Yeah, man, I parked it, as far as a personal growth perspective is concerned for probably two or three years and mm -hmm. didn't even realize it. And then one day I woke up and I was like, when was the last time I read a book? Yeah. Right. So this year, I, I think I've read six books this year, which for me is like mm -hmm. way more than I'd ever do before. You know, but it. it's starting to inspire me again. Right. And I'm starting uh -huh. to get excited. Uh -huh. And then I'm start. I've attracted new things like Don Johnson's come in and we've started this profit coach mastermind that didn't exist mm -hmm. until Don came in, but it took me getting on the, the, the vibration of growth for those things mm -hmm. to be able to show up in our lives. So Ooh, guys, it. think about that when you, when you want something, who do you have to become in mm -hmm. order to grow into that? Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. man. It was a big yeah. thing for me. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Success leaves clues. We can look at the people that don't take advice from people that haven't gotten there. Look at the people that have achieved what you want to achieve and model that, right? What does their life look like? Who are they looking up to? What, where do they, what seminars and events do they attend? You know, what are they reading? What are they learning from? 
And uh, yeah, yeah and then, beautiful. you know, I just went to uh, another training event for myself and my business. My wife went, and um, it was actually a, a guy named Mike Aguilero. I don't know mm-hmm. if people have heard of him or not, but he's got a book called Mind Power. And okay. I just want to give him a shout out. I would pick that book up if I were you guys, because it made a big, big difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love it. Um, I forget. I'm I was going to say something there. I'm else. I'm always about, looking for a new one. <laughs> I was going to say something else about that, but it slipped my mind. Like, I, I, I think I might have ADHD or ADD or something like that. Like, like squirrel. Psh, and the thought is gone. <laughs> I'm thinking like five different things at one time. No, that's all good. It that's uh that's that's really fun since the name of the book is Mind Power. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. Doo-doo. No, just yeah. giving our attack. Um well cool. I love it, man. So tell us what uh what I'm I'm really curious about the uh events with the at the uh the mansions. Who is okay. that for? And because you'd mentioned like your profit coach mastermind, that's specifically for typically owners. Uh who are the events for? So the events are for service industry. So it could be HVAC, plumbing, electrical. Those are like the 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 most of our clientele, like makes up those those three. And it would be technicians who are out there fixing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be comfort advisors who are out there selling equipment. And then it's also owners, right? Like mm-hmm. my owners that come and hang out with us they like imagine spending look it's not cheap right it's like the the base ticket is six thousand bucks and let's say that you sent three people to me and it's 18 grand and you don't come out yourself how are you going to know whether or not like that was something that you would endorse Mm -hmm. like how are you going to help hold you guys accountable how are you going to know whether or not they're implementing the training or not right so my most successful people that come out it's an owner and their technicians and or managers, right? Sure. And um, so it will be the 31st through the 3rd. It's like you check in on Wednesday at 6 p.m. And then Thursday and Friday, we'll do training. And then Saturday morning, we check out. So it's three nights. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're looking at technicians, comfort advisors, owners, typically are the people that are going to show up to that thing. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that is fantastic. And so you're you're really just taking them through. Well, one, I love that because you know we're the average of the people we hang around, you know, the the right. five closest people. And so to get into a space that one expand vision and see what's possible and create that peer group of people to hold you accountable, um, because it's not how high you jump, it's how, how you know how straight you walk when you land and you go back home <laughs> and start implementing, right? hundred percent. Yeah, it's like, all right, cool, this is great for the weekend, but let's go home and use it. Well, on that topic of implementation, like I've been to just about every sales training that you Mm -hmm. can go to, um, at least inside of the trades. And uh, what I, the biggest place that I struggled were a lot of these places wouldn't tell you exactly what to say. Mm-hmm. They the sales trainers are always telling you to ask questions, right? But they don't tell you what kinds of questions to ask right. and how to ask those questions. And one of the things that we'll cover and give some people some nuggets here. Is that okay if we give them some Absolutely. nuggets? Please awesome. do. So, yeah, exactly. So you talk your way out of more sales than you'll ever talk your way into. Yes or no? hundred uh, percent agree. <laughs> like we, we, I was just doing a training this morning where, the technician had talked his way out of a sale. He literally talked his way out of three surge protectors. <laughs> he got three on the outdoor uh-huh. system, but he talked his way out of the other ones on the indoor system. And the reason this happens, y'all, is because you guys are vomiting on your customers. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking too much. You're, you're giving them too much information. And for you, for you to expect that they can absorb all that, that's a tall order mm-hmm. for your clients. Like, how long did it take you to get as technical as you are? And most of the stuff that you're sharing with them is technical, mm-hmm. right? So I teach people to ask questions. And here's an example. I, I give this away for the HVACs uh, guys and the electricians out there, okay? So surge protection. You guys want to tell them all about it. I want to ask them questions because mm-hmm. my main goal in the beginning is to get the client to come to their own conclusion that something needs to be done. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, that encompasses all the products. I want to get the client to get to the point where they believe something needs to be done without me seeming like I'm trying to convince them. Right. Okay. Cause nobody wants to be sold. People love to buy, right? Just look at your own credit cards out there, yeah. right? <laughs> like people love to buy stuff, but they don't really like to be sold. They don't like to be educated either. You guys say mm-hmm. you're going to educate people. Think of the word enlighten. Mm-hmm. Enlighten, maybe substitute educate for enlighten. Okay. But here's an example. When it comes to surge protection for people, I would ask the client first and foremost, why don't you have surge protection? Like it's something that I see on almost every call that I go to. It's something mm-hmm. that I truly believe everybody should have. Right. So I want to know why don't you have surge protection? Mm-hmm. And what is what do you think that does psychologically to the client? You why don't you give me some feedback, Sam? Uh, well, so one, instantly I'm thinking, well, does it do other people have surge protection? So there's a little bit of social proof there. And then also a little it herd makes impact me... mentality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's that. And then also it just raises the question of, I don't know, why don't I have surge protection? Like it's supposed to be there mm-hmm. and it's not there. Right. So the client immediately is like, I don't know. Right. And the next question that I might ask them is, did you know that we get over 800,000 cloud to ground lightning strikes a year here and that when that happens we get in-home surges and then Mm -hmm. i won't even i won't even wait for them to answer that question some questions that you ask guys should be almost rhetorical right Mm -hmm. it it should be you should be able some of your questions you should be able to ask back to back so without even hardly taking a breath i'll say what do you did you know that when you get an in-home surge that your compressors and your motors can glow cherry red on the inside do you think that's good And then I'll pause and let them answer that. They'll say, no. What do you suppose that does to the reliability of your system? And they'll say it reduces it. How about the lifespan of the system? They'll probably reduces that too. And I'll Mm -hmm. go, have you ever purchased a new compressor before? And they're like, no. So you weren't aware that a new compressor could cost you a little over three grand for the system? They're like, no. Right now, now, now we're talking about fear Mm -hmm. of loss. Mm-hmm. right? Because I don't have this protection. I could be in a place where I have to replace my compressor. Is this legit? Absolutely. Of course it's legit a hundred percent. Right. So now they're like, no, I didn't know that it was 3,500 bucks. And then I can run a trial close and I can go, can you see now why our other customers just get surge protection rather than replacing expensive fan motors and compressors and maybe even their whole system. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I can see that. Right. Like, now the customer has come to their own conclusion that they need surge protection without me pushing anything on them. Mm-hmm. And if you guys notice, I didn't make one statement. They were all questions. Mm-hmm. What would life be like if you could control what your clients were thinking? Did you realize you can actually do that through the use of questions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many questions have I asked you guys so far? But right, this is part of what we it. have to do as speakers, yeah. right, Sam? They, oh, you got it. That's it. It's like leading people to the destination. And the one other thing that I'm hearing you do, and I'm sure this is a, a big part of really where you go into in a lot of your trainings, is we know that communication is 15% of it is the words we say. Ooh, but come on I'm, he- I'm hearing your tonality in these questions of this is the, uh, the just, I'm just innocently asking tonality which comes across. Yeah. So, and this is, this is lead ninja. This is the like ninja level sales right here. Uh, so everybody that listens yeah, to this man. podcast. So, and in, in these events, what we do is we give them these word tracks and language patterns, right? Mm-hmm. People call them scripts. We've changed the name word tracks and language patterns. Yeah. And um, at first people don't like it because they sound kind of robotic, right? Mm-hmm. They sound scripted. And that's just because, they haven't memorized it yet. Yeah. The tone and inflection, that's 2.0 or 3.0. Like yeah. 1.0 is just memorizing the words. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, when I went to these sales training events, like one that I went to in St. Louis one time, you probably know what I'm talking about. This is 10, 15 years ago at least. Mm-hmm. Like they made us write all of our own scripts. And I just wanted somebody to tell me what to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. just shortcut it for me, give me the cliff notes, tell me what to say. And so that was always a pet peeve of mine. So when I started my HVAC company, 
Mm-hmm. I listened to my father. My father was like, you need to write down all the shit that you say, Jeep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was like, you really do. Because one day you're not going to want to do this anymore. And I know you, you get bored easily mm-hmm. and you're going to want to teach this and you better start writing it down. So I started writing it all, all of it down. Right. So we mm-hmm. actually give them for HVAC, plumbing, electrical, we give them five, six, seven different word tracks just for mm-hmm. products Sure. on top of all the closes and all that other stuff. But the reason people aren't buying from most of these salespeople out here who are listening to this right now, two reasons. Number one, the client doesn't feel like they need something. Mm -hmm. They don't feel like anything needs to be done. It's working just fine. I'm getting electricity. I'm getting water. I'm getting hot. I'm getting cold air, Mm -hmm. right? And until they come to their own conclusion that something's wrong and something needs to be done, they're not going to move off of their wallet. And you guys are Mm -hmm. out there just throwing information at them expecting them to come to the conclusion that something needs to be done. And then you're trying to sell them with all of the features or benefits. Guess Mm -hmm. what? You can, there can be all kinds of features and benefits to this television behind me. But if I don't feel like I need one, because I've got one sitting in a box over there and two sitting in boxes and garages, I got three 70 inch televisions sitting around. Somebody could not walk in here and sell it, send me a, sell me a 70 inch television (laughs) right now because I don't need it. You have zero need for it. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the features and benefits are to me. I've got to come to the conclusion that I need something before I'm ready to let go of cash, right? And then mm-hmm. you can be there and in a position to provide a solution for them. And then you can share benefits mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter if they don't feel like there's a need. So that's number one. And then number two, Sam, how many of your customers have eliminated themselves from the running of being able to own, let's say, accessories and products that you offer? Because you presented a price and they don't have that much money in their bank account. How many people have eliminated themselves, taken themselves completely out of the running because they don't know that you actually have a payment plan or because you, or because you're not presenting it right. Right. Mm -hmm. There is a way to present payment plans. You don't want to call it financing. Right. People. I think the statistic is something like 60 to 70% of Americans don't have $600 in their bank account. And if you go out there and you're offering them a $10,000 Breathe Easy package, guess what? They've eliminated it in their mind from it even being a possibility. They can't mm-hmm. see how they can afford it. So you need word tracks and language patterns to ask them the right questions and show them that they can actually afford it. Because, mm-hmm. hell, a $10,000 project is really only 132 bucks a month. Right. Or Absolutely. less. Mm-hmm. So, and there are ways that we can break that down for the customer where they feel really good about it. Um, and they're not embarrassed that they don't have the money, right? You got to get, you got to uncover that stuff first, guys. And there's a good way to do it. There's some disastrous ways to do it. So I've done Love the it. disastrous ones. I've made all those mistakes for you. So mm-hmm. you can trust me to guide you through there. <laughs> oh man, I feel it. Anytime somebody asks me, I'm like, ask me how I know, because I've been in the ditches with it. <laughs> yeah, because I've gotten my park... teeth kicked in. Oh, exactly. I want to park on this for a second because we, we keep using the, uh, the word word track and language patterns versus like scripting. And this is so crucial because there's a difference in learning a script when you teach people. And and this is what I like so much about what you do is when you teach people a script, they have one. It's like everything is now a nail because I have one hammer. When you teach people a word track and a language pattern there, you're giving them the ability to craft it to how it applies for the situation. And so now they have this multi-tool right. that is so much more effective and it's, it's a whole different uh, di- different animal than just, hey, here's a script for selling a one surge protector or one capacitor. Right. This is not just a script here. Now we have a way to communicate that right. can apply to all of your life, let alone what we're doing in selling accessories or IAQ or whatever it is. No, I agree with you, hundred percent. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, that, that's that's the the power of um, yeah, it's just the power of learning. Uh, not is is teaching people to fish, uh, not just give them. Amen. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we are having that. I was having that conversation with my boys because I told my boys, um, all of them, I said, guys, number one, I don't want you to ever think that I'm going to leave you money, <laughs> like. <laughs> You might call me rich, but you ain't rich, right? You, you're mm-hmm. going to have to earn everything yourself. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, that's, that's not, that doesn't sound fair, dad. 
And I'm like, Charles, listen, if, if, if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Now, Charles, mm-hmm. what does that mean? It's important to ask your kids questions like that and get them to think themselves mm-hmm. because schools are not going to teach your kids to think. Mm-hmm. They will teach them to memorize some things, but they will not teach them to think. Mm-hmm. They don't want them to think. The people that created your schools have designed them for your kids not to think, but to become robots. Mm-hmm. right to become workers they want a nation of workers mm-hmm. so charles what does that mean and he's like that means that if i know how to fish that i can go catch my own fish and you don't have to get fish for me i'm like 100 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. percent, man you yeah. know so ask have those teachable moments with your kids right mm-hmm. don't just don't just spit at them you know some some sort of rhyme right but actually break it down and ask them to think about what that meant like whether you mm-hmm. think you can or can't, you're right. What does that mean, Charles? Mm-hmm. Right? When they say, I can't do something. Right. I, I forget where we were going before we went on that little tangent. Oh, that's all right. But- you know, I, I love it. It's uh, it's really powerful. In fact, I have a fun story of exactly that with my daughter. She just turned 10 this last weekend. But she for, right after uh, COVID, we homeschooled our daughters for about a year and a half. And mm-hmm. so they got to live the homeschool life the sleeping in or whatever, get their schoolwork done an hour or two a day. And then you get to use the other time. I like my oldest, she started her own business, a craft business at Etsy store when she was nine. Right. She's two years in and she's building funnels for her business now. So she's, (laughs) (laughs) she, she, in fact, she came home. She's like, I've got three orders from school and which is great. You know, she's in sixth grade, but the youngest one, we're sitting on the couch and she's, it was over the weekend and she kind of has this moment of like, Oh, I don't want to go to school on Monday. I'm like, why not? She's like, she's like, I'm glad that we went back to public school, but I also can't just take a day off when I feel like it. And I was like, I'm glad that you see that. I said, you clearly know the difference now between homeschool is like owning your own business and being an entrepreneur. And she finishes the sentence. She's like, and going back to school is like working for somebody else. They control your hours. And I was like, man, I was like, awesome. you've been listening. <laughs> this is great. Beautiful, man. So, Beautiful. I remember where that, I was going with that. I yeah, told Charles sure. when, when I was talking to him about that, I said, Charles, I'm not going to leave you any money. And he was like, that's, that sounds really mean, dad. And I said, son, it's not about what I leave for you. Mm-hmm. It's about what I leave inside of you that is going to count. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, Charles, what does that mean? Um, but I, I even took it one step further. I said, Charles, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna, just so you know how serious I am. If you're standing next to my deathbed and I'm dying and I got a quarter in my pocket, I'm gonna swallow it. We got a, we have a good time with it, but I just want to train them to start thinking about being a productive member of society. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I don't want them to have an expectation that because daddy might have a little bit of money that they're good. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, they know at, at 18, you're out. Unless mm-hmm. you're going to college or something here locally, you, you got to go get a job. You got to go get your own place. Right. So, And I, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we're running into nowadays with our society and with, mm-hmm. you know, we've had good times for a long time that have created some weak men. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those weak men will create some hard times. Right. And once we get into those hard times, people will have to toughen up a little bit more. And those tough mm-hmm. men will then again create good times that so will go back into another cycle. I love it. Right? You know, that actually reminds me of, uh, you know, it's especially with what's going on. People are so they lack resourcefulness. You know, people don't lack resources normally. And this really fits in yeah. what we're talking about. They don't like resources. They like resourcefulness. And so, yes. in, in fact, you, the uh, I have a co- new coaching client that just started with me. And it's exactly that. It was inspired by the first episode that we did together uh, when you were talking about taking ownership. And there was, you'd mentioned a story about, uh, you know, one of the technicians that was like complaining about the owner not buying him a new radio for his, for his van. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. just go buy one yourself, right? And so Duh. it was actually that story that inspired him. He was like, I'm not going to wait for the company to pay for this training. So he just reached out and, and did it directly himself, which is awesome. I love that. So I it's love so, that. super cool because it's like, you know, and this for everybody listening, 
you know, how can it, so be thinking of how can you take more ownership in what you're doing? You know, the man that does more than he's paid for will soon be paid for more than he's than he's doing. Um, Amen. So how can you Amen. implement that in your life? Right. Take so the risks, valuable. y'all. Mm-hmm. You got you got to take the risks. And look, I, I, I spent like six figures with one coach like a year mm-hmm. and a half ago throughout the year. And um, it shortens the amount of learning time, guys. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to think money replenishes. Time does not, mm-hmm. right? So how long are you going to wait <laughs> before you do what is necessary, hire the necessary people so that you can compress time, mm-hmm. right? And shorten that learning curve. Do you want to work until you're 100? Or do you want to work until you're 50? Like, Seriously, yeah. you, you mm-hmm. have to, you're going to have, you're going to pay, you're either going to pay money or you're going to pay with your time and your mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a big proponent of investing in myself. And until you've got at least a hundred thousand bucks just sitting around, every dollar should go back into right here, mm-hmm. right? Into books, courses, things like that in order to make you right. better. You right. can't yeah. take what's up here, y'all. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. That's, I mean, it kind of goes back to where we started with, you know, work to become that person to earn the million dollars. And yeah, who you, know, you, can, uh, you, you can pay somebody for six months of coaching to speed your process, or you can spend 15 years out in the field, beating your head against the wall like we have right, to learn it. Yeah, man. It's like, just That's learn us. it from us to start with, right? That little over a hundred grand that within four months turned into $700,000 in revenue. Mm-hmm. For my company so was that an expense for me like i guess on the on the profit and loss sheet it's an expense but that wasn't an expense man that was mm-hmm. i i multiplied that money mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know i i 7x that money in four months mm-hmm. so like it wasn't an expense and too many people are thinking of it like that any i can take any sort of class and go to it and get one or two things out of it that will be mm-hmm. enough for me to get a return on investment out of that mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. Right, right. Oh. Love it. Oh, so good. So good. So when you are working with a, uh, let's kind of change, shift gears just a little bit. And when you are working with a, uh, you know, doing like, we'll, we'll go to site visits for a minute. Uh, when you yeah. go out to a, to a company and you're working with site visits, walk us, because what, what I'm wanting to do is give everybody a good feel for the different ways that they can uh, connect with you. And oh, okay. just get an idea of what uh, what services, you know, you're offering there, but also to give us a feel for what to expect. You know, when you go out to a site visit, how long does that look like? You're doing ride alongs, you're doing classrooms and what are yeah. you really working to take that company, um, how, how to change them? Well, so one of the areas that I noticed really quick when I owned my first HVAC business, Sam, one of the areas I noticed really quick had massive potential for improvement was that eight out of 10 calls that we ran were not a replacement opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's a real negative thing for most contractors, right? Eight out of 10 calls, we don't have a replacement opportunity. So those calls end up Mm -hmm. costing us a bunch of money to go out and run. And then that sucks the profit out Mm -hmm. of the other two jobs that Mike could have turned into a replacement. Right. And so I saw really early on that there was a massive opportunity in the accessory and ductwork spaces, right? Mm -hmm. That we were leaving 60, 70% of the meat on the bone still, even after Mm -hmm. a system had been put in. So I got really good at selling indoor air quality packages. I think we've got like 11 stages of products now in the indoor air quality arena. And then I got really good at selling the water treatment products. And mm-hmm. man, if that if that didn't take the revenue from those eight out of 10 calls, that there were no other opportunities on free equipment sure. and just blow us up. We were doing $2 million a year just in indoor air quality. Oh, love my, it. My company. Yeah, the traditional so, I mean, heating and air model is, you know, your, it's, this concept of service drive sales but, you know, when I started 20 years ago in the industry, everybody said, well, your service truck is going to be your loss leader just to get you in the door for installs. And yep. I mean, how how horrible is that? It doesn't to have with? to be that yeah. way, right? It really and doesn't Your service have to be truck that way. can be paying your overhead so your install turns into pure profit. 
And some owners are like, hey, yeah, but if I'm talking, if I'm always looking at selling the indoor air quality stuff, I'm not going to sell systems. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? Mm -hmm. We teach people to make an options list that could be twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 long that doesn't have any equipment in it. And yeah. a lot of times that ends up turning into a customer saying, how much is a new one, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then we end up having that conversation or doing a turnover to a comfort advisor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But going back to your question, we're going to be doing a lot of conversation about indoor air quality and water treatment. That's mm-hmm. what people typically hire me most for. And it's a niche that we kind of carved out. Now, can I handle equipment sales and comfort advisors? Yeah, I've done that for decades, right? And my first straight commission sales job was as a comfort advisor. Sure. Um, when I started my first air conditioning company, Sam, my very first service call I ever ran was from my own company. <laughs> like I'd never run a service call in my life. I'd done installs and I'd done sales. Uh-huh. So we're gonna we're gonna really gonna focus on getting money when there is no equipment opportunity replacement available. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. We're also going to really focus on in, in these trainings or even in an onsite, really focusing on the establishing of a need for those. Remember, I said if if I got three of these sitting around, I don't need another one. The client needs to feel like something needs to be done. And then you can be there waiting in the, the wing, winds or wings or whatever they call it to provide the solution for them. So we will get people the tools that they need to get customers to actually want to transact with them. And then we'll show them how to make sure that the client can see that they can afford it. Mm-hmm. Remember, we were talking about those being the two number one problems. Right. Sure. After that, we can go over, you know, features and benefits and building value and making the customer feel good. But most salespeople mistake that as being what Mm -hmm. sales is all about. It's not. It's not. Y'all, the client has to want it first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People write checks for what they want, not what they need. Yeah. So and, and that's the biggest problem that I see in the industry is salespeople going in there selling when they really should be asking questions and listening. Yeah. to their clients all right mm-hmm. professional salesperson is not a good talker they're a right. master at listening you listen to your clients they will tell you exactly what you need to say to close them mm-hmm. for them right, right. <laughs> closing yeah. is something that's done for a client not to a client mm-hmm. you know, that's i uh, man i heard something recently i was in, at an event and the uh the mc he says i, I never really heard it like this but this is a great analogy to keep in your mind when you're walking into uh, into appointments. This is for everybody listening. Is think of think like you're. It's not about being combative, but it's like every appointment you go into, you're walking into a gunfight, and you have a revolver that's empty, and the only way to load your to get bullets in your gun is by your discovery, asking the questions. Yeah. If you ask enough questions. They will give you every bullet you need in your gun. So when it comes time for the gunfight, now you have ammunition to close, right? You have ammunition to to respond back. (laughs) Pro pro tip, when they give you that piece of ammunition, don't just throw it right in the gun and fire it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got to save it. (laughs) You want to get a whole pocket full. And then fill mm-hmm. that six shooter up and still have some in reserve, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times a customer has come up with a challenge or a problem and immediately a salesperson launches into a sales pitch about a product that will take mm-hmm. care of that. No, no, no. Listen. Mm-hmm. You're like a detective. You're gathering information. Some of it will mm-hmm. be useful. Some of it will not be useful, mm-hmm. right? You're looking for the bullets. Right. So I love that analogy, Sam. That's yeah. awesome. It's like, don't immediately. They, yeah, it's my friend Josh Wiles. But uh, yeah, it's like, don't immediately offer the solutions. The other part of that, too, is when you're asking those questions and you're doing that discovery, helping them realize they have a need. The reason we don't, the other reason we don't immediately offer solutions is let them sit in the pain and simmer in it for a little bit. Yes. Bit. Because as Please. they're talking about it, a, a good example that I like to talk about is. If, if, for example, we're entering summer now, it's hot, but we're still asking in the winter, which rooms are colder than the rest. Yeah. And so the best thing to do, though, is take me there. Let's get situationally in the environment to help them remember what it feels like. 
So yep. now, just now that we're in this room, describe it to me. And as they start to describe it, so we're helping them remember back six months ago what that's like. And it's like so. All and, of and you're going to find out just, just just how much of a hot button this is when you're in mm -hmm. that room, paying attention and listening to them. Yeah. Right. And then You'll asking be able to tell emotionally yeah. where it's at. Yeah, exactly. And then asking the questions like, you know, is this a concern or is this just more of an observation? And they might say, well, nobody's ever in this room. I don't care. Okay, well, let's right. not waste time here. Then Let's go to the, your actual control. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm famous for asking them, do you care? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. That, that, the, the master bedroom's three degrees hotter. Do you care? Mm -hmm. Or would it be nice if it was different or you just good with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a exactly. lot of times I'm good. They'd be like, well, you know, I just, I never really even thought about it. It's just is what it is. And mm -hmm. if there were, if there were a way for us to fix that, if I can figure out how to fix it, do you want me to bring that solution to you or should mm -hmm. I just ignore it? Right. You Beautiful. Know? Yeah. And those are those, those, so the word track and those language patterns uh, for everybody listening, that that's a great example right there of a great pattern of how to ask the right questions when a situation comes up. You know, is it something you're concerned about? If I can come up with a way to figure, do you want to know about it? Or yeah. as we're so, going around the house looking at this, if yeah. I see anything else that pertains to comfort or energy savings, or do you want me to bring it to your attention? And when they say yes, it opens the door to whatever else we find. <laughs> I love following up, following it up with something like, or should I just shut up? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you, like here's a here's a perfect example um we were talking about duct sealing i talk about hvac a lot because i deal with a lot with hvac and plumbing uh contractors mm -hmm. but uh, do you know that like the ep not the epa but the department of energy says the average duct system in the united states leaks about 25 to 30 percent of the air that goes through it okay mm -hmm. now that's a big deal right so i'll ask clients number one why isn't your ductwork sealed mm -hmm. Right, and they, they're usually I don't know, I don't know. Okay. Um, did you know that the Department of Energy says that you lose twenty-five to thirty percent of the air that goes through your ductwork into the crawl space or up into the attic, like gone mm -hmm. forever because of leaky ductwork? Mm -hmm. If there was a way that I could get the power company to pay for you to have your ductwork sealed, would you want me to share that with you, or should I just ignore it? <laughs> of course, share it. Right. You're never going to get right. it. Now. And I just I just give them that straight faced look. Mm -hmm. Right. Like so that has been massively successful. And then we can go through. OK, so what are your what's your average power bill? It's 200 bucks. So were you aware that the power company says 60 to 70 percent of that is to heat and cool your house? No, I didn't know mm -hmm. that. So let's take two hundred dollars times 60 percent. That's one hundred and twenty bucks. OK. Mm -hmm. um, now, do you remember what percentage the Department of Energy said you lose? 25 Roughly to 30 percent yeah 25 yeah let's take 20 let's take 30 percent of 120 how much is that mm -hmm. 40 bucks. bucks yeah <laughs> right so now we take the cost of sealing the ductwork which is 3200 bucks multiplied mm -hmm. by 1.32 percent payment factor right low low payment factor and it's about 40 bucks 42 bucks to have the ductwork sealed can you see now why i say that you're paying for the ductwork to be sealed whether you get it done or not mm-hmm like it, it just, you got to know the right questions to ask people. And look, you can either, you can either, you can either create your own road, <laughs> right? Chop down all the trees, get the excavators out and mm -hmm. pack all of the gravel down and lay your own road. Or you can go pay a toll to drive on a road that some other man created and you can go 200 mile an hour. Mm -hmm. right? right. And that's why people hire people like Sam and people like myself. It's to shorten that learning curve so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I love to say, Sam, like if you and I and were in this room together and Bill Gates walked into the room and he was like, Sam, you, me, Gene, we're going to build Microsoft 3.0. And he took one piece of paper and sketched it out how we were going to do it. Would Sam or I look at Bill Gates and go, hmm, you know, Bill, maybe we should do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> How stupid would we be? Yeah. Right. Then why are you guys out there trying to reinvent the wheel when it's mm -hmm. already been created? Why mm -hmm. are you winging it? Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's why I've always invested into myself. Agreed. 
Agreed, hundred percent. And will continue I mean, to do so for as long as I can remember. Uh, I, well, I heard something forever ago that was about ten percent of your income should go into personal growth um, every every single year. You know, so as your income as your income goes up, that that's along with it. And it's just so powerful to uh, always develop that mindset and just reinvest and reinvest because, like you said, it's something that, that can never be taken away. And their life skills, you know, yes, it applies to sales, but it applies to every element of your life because we know sales is not just the performance of an hour. It's, you know, a, a person. That's why we say work to become someone worth buying from because that hurt, you know, people are buying from you. People are buying from people. And, uh, right. you know, if, if you have zero energy and your vibes are low, you know, that's why I said, when's the best time to make a sell, Gene? Right, right after you, you make one. a sell. Yeah, because your energy is right. already there. The vibes are already there. You walk into the nibble, next Nibble, baby, nibble. You assume it and it's closed from the beginning. And so it's like, how do we uh, create a way to anchor that, to be able to turn that on every second that we walk into a door, even if it's not when we just made a sell? I want you to ask me about seven words before we end this. But getting back to your question, Sam, about like structure and everything and what it looks like mm -hmm. when we do an event or we go out on site. When we do on site, it's typically four half days. Now, mm -hmm. why would we not just do all day? Like, I don't know how many training sessions you've sat through, but eight to 12 hours of sitting somewhere is a real mm -hmm. B, if you know what I mean. Like, oh, I, I stop absorbing stuff. Like mm -hmm. I can't drink out of a fire hydrant, man. Like uh, I, my brain needs time to like process. So yeah. when we do these on sites, it's it's usually between eight to twelve in the morning, mm -hmm. and then they send the technicians out into the field to go run calls and to utilize the material that we gave them, mm -hmm. right? And then the next morning we'll unpack. How did that go? Mm -hmm. Let's share the successes. Let's share the failures, and then boom, here's more training. Right. Right. So four half days typically, and then. When we do our events, it's usually either four half days or two solid days. And this one mm -hmm. coming up, it will be two solid days. Look, I have relented a little bit because people's schedules, schedules are, you know, important to them. And mm -hmm. so we're doing, you know, we'll do a little tr mini training session at the evening of this mansion event that we're doing at the end of the month. And then the next two days, we'll be, we'll be going for it. Like sure. we will be in there anywhere between nine to 14 hours yeah. with breaks, right? You're, like we'll take a Tony Robbins in it break. for people. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, and I, I make the Tony Robbins joke that we're running on GST here, man. This is, we're not Eastern oh. standard time. This is gene standard time. Love it. When we're Love done, it. we're done, you know, and, and, but it's cool because a lot of the, the conversations are directed by the questions that are asked. Of course. Mm -hmm. We get the yeah, same 100%. questions every single time. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, we, we figured that strat, we figured out kind of the process. Oh yeah. I love it. And that's how I do my, a lot of the coaching that I do is we, you know, we start off each session with, okay, what was your failure from the week? What things that you can control, what would you have done differently in this situation? And then what was your win for the week? And man, so many times that directs the coaching sessions too. It's like, all right, here's what, here's what's going on. And, and here's how we. Here's how we handle that. So, love man, it. that's how I do all of my mastermind uh, sessions on mm -hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. Like I, I've, I've got a group of maybe 75, 80 people mm -hmm. and um, we'll get in in the morning. First thing is somebody give me a success story. Right? Mm -hmm. I want to hear somebody who won. Right. So we'll do one or two success stories. And then it's like, all right, we're going to open the floor for Q&A. I want to hear about the failures. I want to hear about the jobs you didn't close. Yeah. Right. And then we'll walk through a process, a, a lead ninja process of figuring mm -hmm. out what were all of the different things that we could have done better on that job. Right. And we actually even have a sales tracker that is a lead ninja sales tracker that goes on everybody's phone. So with one mm -hmm. click, it opens up, boom, they answer seven multiple choice questions. And I can start to see the patterns that are happening right. in their in their, their sales, right? Like if I can look at that spreadsheet and, and see, the same objection five times in a row. And I go, okay, mm -hmm. we need to work on the, I want to think about an objection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't upload a prioritized list to the group. I know they didn't make a prioritized list for mm -hmm. that customer. And the, the process has been, it's breaking down now. Right. Right. Guys, you just got to have a good process and then stick to the process. Mm. All right. 
this is a huge thing. I know, you know, Sam, like, I don't know if you're anything like me, but like back when I was just a salesperson and I, I didn't pay for leads as an owner, right. When I was a salesperson, I would follow my process and then I'd get on a roll and then I'd be like, man, I, I'm the shit, man. I, I'm yeah. closing everything. And I would start to shortcut the process and leave steps out. And then mm -hmm. inevitably what would happen is 30 days later, I'd go through a period of four or five days where I just couldn't even close a door. Right. The slump. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I remember calling up one of my mentors one time and going, bro, like, I don't know what's going on. I couldn't, I couldn't hit the inside of a barn with a baseball. If I was standing in the middle of it and all the doors were closed, like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the question he asked me, it was a short conversation. That was what I said. And then he goes, what have you been listening to while you've been driving around in your truck? Yep. I went, I got to go. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I love I, it. I went over to books a million and I bought myself a bunch more audio, you know, uh -huh. stuff. And so now I'm filling my mind with the stuff I need to be filling my mind with, not listening to Conway Twitty or Britney Spears or Taylor Swift or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. know, Michael Jackson. Oh, you got it. That's it, man. I had, I, I do that with my coaching client. Anybody who does a, uh, my private coaching um, for now through eternity, I will do a, a tune-up call with them whenever they want. It's, I mean, to to a degree, of course. And I had a uh, the biggest one that I remember was a guy over in uh, in Carolina. He's actually a training for. Uh, it works for uh, um, Master of the Hustle. He's doing some training now too, and uh, a couple other companies he's doing training for. But when he first started, Are you he talking went about Nathan? from yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not with them anymore. Oh, he's not with them anymore. Cool. Oh, he's with Flywheel. Oh, nice. Yeah, right on. Yeah. So Nathan, so when he first started, he, uh, he he hit me up and we we coached with him, like just completely going he off. He spent at two of my events. Nice. Yeah. So he was uh, did some private coach with me for like very, very beginning. He was getting off the phones and he was killing it. He was numbers were going insane. Hits the slump. So Nathan, yeah. this is for you, man. He calls me up and we did a 15 minute phone call. And I was like, all right, here's here's the five categories. What are you doing? Are you, how's your nutrition? How's your, I know you're into the, into working out. How's your gym life? You know, what are you listening to? You know, are you following the process and how's your relationship at home and with your spiritual life? And he's like, you know what? I've been eating fast food and not hitting the gym. I was like, all right. Yep. And so a week later, sure enough, he's like, oh man, my numbers, numbers are doubled again. <laughs> it's like perfect. It's amazing how just uh -huh. a little thing can make the biggest difference, isn't it? And ask yourself, if you don't have a Sam Wakefield to call, if you don't mm -hmm. have a Gene Slade to call, if you don't have that person who has been there, done that, and knows the right questions to ask to flip that switch and snap mm -hmm. you out, it's going to be tough. That's it. Right? And That's fortunately, it. I had that most of my professional career. You know, I had somebody that I could look to. And if not, I went out and hired somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, who, who has done this before, who can tell me what to do so that I don't have to keep hitting my head up against this brick wall and bleeding. Mm -hmm. Right. So I paid for the answers. Yeah. And, you know, and the other half of it too, is so many times, and a lot of it is what we're actually teaching us, you know, what to do, but equally important that so many, just generally speaking, people don't have is they know what to do but just can't make themselves do it without that extra yeah. accountability. The accountability is yeah. equally important because I mean, I know what I should do every single day to look like a bodybuilder and yeah. I'm, I'm making progress. But the, in fact, last night where it was like having a conversation with somebody, it's like the, the conversation was what's one thing you wish you were more consistent at, you know, and so let's work on that this month. And then next month we'll mm -hmm. check in. What's the next thing we wish we were more consistent at doing? You know, so constant accountability is so important too. Uh, the, um, that, the, that could be the done mind, that The Mind Power book that I was sharing with you earlier talks about that a little bit. And fortunately, mm -hmm. it's only like a 90-page book, right? I don't nice. really like long books. But um that that is a great resource for that. And my buddy, Gary Cox, that I was talking mm -hmm. to you about earlier, deals with a lot of that. He's constantly shooting videos. Do you know what you're supposed to do, but you can't get yourself to do it. And there's this whole exercise that he goes through with people to help to get them past that hump. But mm -hmm. it has to do with your values and beliefs, you know, not 
aligning with certain things. I'm not going to give it mm-hmm. all away for Gary, but go sure, check out sure. at, at Gary Cox, C-O-X-E, um, on any of the social platforms. I'm sure you'll be nice. able to find it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, it, I think we're wrapping up our hour here. This has just been fantastic. I, I always love uh, when we can get together and, and brainstorm some stuff and, and just bounce back and forth. Um, anything that you would like to uh, to add or contribute or, or leave people with before we uh, start landing this plane here? Yeah, you know, guys, you got to have a purpose, right? And for for me as a man, I was always really frustrated about that until about five years ago when I really truly like got it, what God had put me here on this planet to do, right? At least from a professional standpoint. I'm not talking about my family here, but I my purpose is to help people that are listening to this to be able to A, make more money. Everybody wants that. B, work less and C, get home for dinner on time or be able to tuck your kids in, Mm -hmm. all right? The service industry, we're always at somebody else's beck and call, it seems like. And Mm -hmm. when you don't have a high level of communication skills, when you haven't been honing and practicing it, chances are pretty good that you're not going to be making the company as much money as if you really, you know, we're focusing on the communication side. So um, I want to give people the tools to be able to work less, make more money, get home for dinner on time, because Mm -hmm. we both know that divorce rates are as as high as they've ever been. They're even higher inside the service industry. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many of you, when was the last time that you actually did get to tuck your kids into bed? I know a lot of people are working six, eight, 10 o'clock at night, even Mm -hmm. later. So I encourage you to continue to ask yourself and search for what that purpose is for you. It was frustrating for me until I finally got it. But once you get that, man, the joy that you can find out of your career and out of life is just outstanding. It, mm-hmm. it will bring you to tears. <laughs> like it'll give you goosebumps and everything. We, we, we get really choked up when we see the impact that we're allowed mm-hmm. to have in people's lives now that we mm-hmm. really truly understand the purpose. So um, if you guys need anything, listen, I'm here for you. My cell phone number is 239-848-6533. Text me. Okay, it's the best way to get a hold of me. One more time, Um, Mm 239-848-6533. That is my phone. It will not be a bot (laughs) who's responding (laughs) to you. It's not AI. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I got into this big, long thing. I was literally responding to somebody at a little after midnight. And a uh, guy's name's Joe. If he sees this, he'll laugh his butt off. But he thought I was a bot responding back to him. I'm trying to convince him I'm not. I literally sent him back a voice message to tell him <laughs> it wasn't a bot. And he kept texting me to like 1230 at night. And I was like, this guy is either a jokester or a real a-hole. <laughs> right, right. It's like, bro. He, I talked to him the next day. He's like, dude, I'm just, we were laughing about it. He's like, I really, truly thought that that was a robot. I can't believe that you were responding at 12 o'clock at night. Hit up my cell phone. Guys, I got your back for life. All Mm -hmm. right. I will take care of you. Um, And I'll, the the first one's on me. The first, the first lesson's on me. So if you want to talk, I'll, uh, I'll schedule some time with you on my dime and uh, see if I can't maybe help you for free. Business owners, technicians, comfort advisors, anybody, please hit me up. Well, everybody, you heard it straight from Gene. Uh, His personal cell phone number. You don't always hear people that are at the level he is just giving that out. So I'm not one, and here's a question I, following that up. Here's a question I have for you. We're going to have thousands of people to actually hear this podcast and, and get your number. How many people actually reach out to you to, and use that number that you just gave? A lot fewer than I wish would. Yep. Right. I give that out because of love, because mm-hmm. like I, I feel where a lot of these guys are at because I've been there myself. I've been the guy that's 80 hours behind the wheel of that van coming home at mm-hmm. one, two o'clock in the morning. Oh, right. I, I felt that pain and look, pain is necessary. As they say, suffering, that's, that stuff mm-hmm. is optional, right? If mm-hmm. you, if you continue to do what you've been doing guys, what are you going to get? The same thing, same stuff. Yeah. Right. So 
about gotcha. all I have to say about that. I Sam. love it, man. So that's perfect. Thank you for being with us. Uh, everybody use that My number. Pleasure. Actually reach out. And uh, yeah, where text else can, works best. Text works best. Where else can they learn more about your programs and your uh, give us some good like websites or resources? The too. best thing really is to reach out to me directly. Um, and, and I can't promise that, you know, I won't be on vacation and somebody else won't have that phone at some point. But, you know, mm -hmm. that's the one that I carry almost on a daily basis. You can. I think it's at Gene Slade, G-E-N-E-S-L-A-D-E on Facebook, probably on Instagram too. I'm on cool. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, like yeah. all the places. Just search, I, I can test it. Just search Gene Slade. He comes up everywhere. Yeah. He's got really good, uh, really good SEO. Uh, and you know, that is just, I think that that's probably as a result of people like you, because we do these podcasts and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not good at that stuff. I'm not good at it at all. I've hired <laughs> some people to help me but I'm yeah. not good at that at all. I'm only good at one thing and that's what we've been talking about. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for hanging out. It has been a pleasure as always. I'll shoot over uh, all the recordings to this so you can use it as well. And uh, until next that. time, my friend, have a, uh, have a great day. Have a great week. Have a, a good event coming up. And everybody listening, as it. always, we'll wrap this up with uh, Go Save the World One Heat Stroke at a Time. Thanks for listening to Close It Now with Sam Wakefield. Subscribe to the podcast now so you're first to hear new episodes jam-packed with actionable tools and tips to make you the top HVAC professional in your market. If you have friends and colleagues who would like this show, share it with them and send them to our Facebook community for more in-depth discussion about the challenges we all face and how to overcome them on the Close It Now podcast.